Welcome. I'm Victoria Schneps, president of Schneps Media, and today the leader of the Power Women podcast. And do I have a power woman for you? I am so delighted and honored to be able to greet our senior advisor to the fabulous Mayor Eric Adams, the great city of New York, Camille Joseph Barlack. Welcome, Camille. Thank you so much, Vicki. I'm so happy to have a few minutes to speak with you today. Well, you know, this is um, a city that's uh, on the move 24-7, and I know the mayor is, so I expect you are too. Absolutely. (laughs) Being a senior advisor. Um, I wanted to ask you, though, going back, you know, you and I had a chance to chat about the power of of your mother and your middle name, uh, Camille Joseph. Joseph is your mom's name. Uh, How she has influenced you to be who you are today. Uh, Can you kind of share with us your thinking about that? Sure, absolutely. My story starts like many, many people in the in the United States, and particularly in New York. We immigrated to the United States when I was a child, so I came here uh, initially as a baby. I then went back to Trinidad and, and came back when I was when I was older. And we came; it was just the two of us at the time. And so my mom heard about a nursing program. We were in New Jersey, uh, that was in Rochester, New York. And so, you know, and it was a program that if she got into the program, she didn't have to pay for it. And so we relocated to, to Rochester. And as you might imagine, uh, there were very few people from Trinidad who were in Rochester, New York. So it felt very isolated to be an immigrant in that, in that space and in that world. And, you know, we didn't have any family here. So, you know, it was my mom working really long hours. She would go to school in the evenings. I would sort of sit in the hallway while she was in class. So I watched her build her life from, from nothing and, you know, moving from apartment to apartment. She was always looking for something better for us, working hard to put us through Catholic school. And, and so, you know, every time I have a task in front of me that seems like it would be difficult to overachieve, uh, to achieve, I, I always look back and say, you know, I, I saw her capture every dream that she really wanted. And, and if she could do it, I could do it. So she's very much a motivating factor for me. Well, you know, when you um, talk about coming as an immigrant and building from scratch, your mom did that, but you've had a very impressive journey yourself. I mean, you are now the right-hand man, woman, to the great <laughs> mayor of our city. Yes. So talk to me a little bit about how you were able from literally, you know, being an immigrant to sitting next to the greatest power in our city. It is it is very surreal. I will I will tell you, um, and and certainly not where I thought I would would end up. But I I have been extraordinarily, I think, fortunate, and I've worked extremely hard. So I always knew that I wanted to be a lawyer um, from the age of of six or seven. You know, really focused very much on that. Was fortunate to go to really great schools. Went to the University of Buffalo, which is a SUNY school, and and it was like sort of the gateway to the world for me. I I got a chance to meet so many people from different backgrounds but always knew that I wanted to move to New York City. New York to me was was really the capital of the world. I still think of it as the as the capital of the world and grew up watching a lot of TV because I was home alone and reading tons of books. And in my mind, you could accomplish anything if you could just get to New York. And so when I graduated from undergrad, I only applied to grad school, law school uh, in New York City and um, have been able to just move uh, through different positions, and quite frankly, in 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 the vast majority of those positions, I'm I'm trying to think about if there was if there's one uh, that that doesn't fit the bill. 
I had a strong woman as a manager who also served as a mentor to me and, you know, just continued to give me examples of women who were doing exceptional things, who were strong managers, who were reaching back and mentoring young women. And so I, of course, try to do the same thing. Well, you know, it's, uh, I think it's remarkable to me. I was wondering when you said that since you were six, you wanted to be a, a lawyer. I knew from second grade because I adored my first and second grade teacher. I wanted to be a teacher. What was there someone that put that into your mind? Because that's, uh, you know, not so many little girls think of that. Yeah, I used to watch a lot of uh, Matlock and Perry Mason. And so okay. the the drama of the courtroom, the, the going in, the investigation, the figuring it out, the being in front of the jury, the crafting the story in front of the judge, all of those things really appealed to my personality. I, I couldn't wait to do it. For most of my upbringing, I always thought to myself, I wanted to be a prosecutor and I wanted to be a prosecutor in the city that I lived in. I thought that was really important to to represent those who have been wronged or hurt in the community and to try to bring them some modicum of of justice is really the way that I that I thought of it. So that was always my sort of my north star for the 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 vast majority of my upbringing. Well, you know, it's interesting that it's almost like a huge circle because you know, I know you were an assistant DA at one time and right now the biggest challenge a city faces is crime. And I was wondering what your priorities are. I mean, obviously you are the assistant to the mayor, um, but what are you, you, you were, you were assistant mayor for a while, you're deputy mayor, correct? So tell me what you're seeing as your priorities in your new role. I think of my priorities as really making sure that the foundation of New York City government is extraordinarily strong and that it allows members of his senior executive team to execute on what our priorities are that have been defined and connect to his vision. Certainly, the mayor has made it very clear that his priority is to make New York City a place that is safe, that is clean, that is equitable, to make it the New York City that we all sort of know and and love. And there have been challenges to that for a whole host of reasons, not the least of which being COVID, right? And so with respect to crime, it's really understanding, you know, what is the source of the problem? What are all of the pieces that feed into it? There's no, there's no one component for sort of where we are. And of course, I will note that New York is still, even, even with elevated numbers, New York is still one of the safest places in the world to live. But it's, it's sort of making sure that we understand all the factors that are contributing to the problems that the city is facing, and then methodically working through all of them, not just as sort of an executive branch of government, but also really working in partnership with the elected officials, with our advocates, hearing what they're saying, understanding all of the different opinions, because there are tons of opinions about why things are the way that they are, until we get to a point where we're, where we're confident that this is the path forward, that this is going to have the biggest impact on the lives of New Yorkers, and then doing whatever is necessary to try to move us in that direction. You know, one of the things that I was impressed with is understanding how the mentally ill are many of the people who are homeless. Many of the people who are committing crimes are people who are mentally ill. Uh, Michael Dowling from Northwell has just started, a, a, launched a PR marketing campaign to alert people that the biggest killer of children is guns. Yeah. So, you know, people are getting off the street. Is there a plan that when you're getting the people off the street and they go to the emergency room, how are we going to help those people in terms of getting them services to get them well? So I don't 
you know, I don't pretend to know all the ins and outs of the particular plan, but the fact of the matter is, is the mayor is very concerned. The administration is very concerned about the fact that there have always been incredible mental health challenges. I think COVID has only exacerbated that. And and I think that right now there is an opportunity for us to say we don't want to turn a blind eye to that, right? That we want to make sure that we are providing individuals, New Yorkers who are mentally ill with the services that they need and that they care for. And again, working with our hospitals, working with our healthcare staff, working with even, even folks in city government and making sure that are public facing and making sure that they understand some of the challenges that are being faced by New Yorkers to try and get people the help that they that they need. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm sure that one of the things that was impressive was when uh, the mayor announced that he was going to have clean streets as a priority, but he had all his different commissioners behind him. Explained it. That's like a different time. to. uh, He said, I'm going to bring everyone together. Shows me about how you're going to make that happen because they were there. Yeah, no. And, you know, what I think is is fascinating and about the way that the, the mayor operates is that he understands that, you know, the agency that you might think of as having the subject matter expertise for a particular topic, they're not the only ones to have in the room, right? So we are more than just whatever our individual roles are. The current commissioner of sanitation is not just the commissioner of sanitation. She is also part of the senior leadership team for New York City. So any any problem that comes up, including clean streets, it's an opportunity to bring the leadership team together so that they can all weigh in and provide their advice and guidance, right? There may be something that is happening at, I'll, I'll make it up, the Department of Buildings, right? It might be a process. It might be something that they've observed that actually has an impact on how we think about delivering services to New Yorkers to help keep our streets as clean as possible. And I love the fact that he is, is also a convener, right? He likes to bring people together, talk through the issues. And we, we recently had a couple of leadership meetings where we, where, we, where we understand that a lot of the commissioners are doing this on their own, right? They're already meeting in small groups to talk about different issues that their agencies are facing. And the only requirement is that you be a smart, thoughtful person who wants to do well for New Yorkers. And um, I, I think that that's just a great thing that we're bringing into 2023. Well, you know, um, I uh, was a dear friend, my dearest friend on earth was Claire Shillman, who was borough president of Queens for 16 years. And when she ran her office, she had a war room. And she called it the war room because she brought every one of her commissioners together every single week to report their progress and understand what each other were doing. Yes. And I was so happy to see Eric is, seems to be doing that. Is that his style? That's that's absolutely right. I mean, there's there's a lot of follow-up that happens. Uh, that's a big part of my job is, is making sure that folks know that these are the things that he's asked and making sure that we're following up to make sure that everything gets done. He's extraordinarily detail-oriented, right? He's not a person who just sort of gets a broad stroke and and moves on. He really he really feels his mayoralty in a very personal way. And, and so when he sees New Yorkers hurting, when he hears that there is a complaint, when he hears that there is an opportunity for city government to do and be better, he really, it, 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 it's something that I think that he really focuses on and wants us all to focus on in, in the same way. And I think that he's built an incredible leadership team that is, that is doing that. And you know it's it's all hours of the night, so we, we're we're always we're always on. Yes, yeah, twenty four seven. But I yes. know about him, and I hope you will too. He takes a lot of joy in his work. Absolutely. And this is sometimes we all feel so burdened. We feel like someone's hammering us down into the ground like a peg, right? So, what brings you joy in your life? 
certainly my family. I, I am fortunate that, you know, I have family that I not only love, but I actually like them. They're, they're really incredible human beings and um, they don't take me too seriously, which I think I need. I think I need someone to balance, to balance the seriousness that I often bring to the table. So my family certainly brings me joy. You know, when you don't have a lot of family in the country, you, you have the opportunity to choose your family in the form of friends. And so I have some great friends that have also been helpful. But I think what I love most about this job is I actually very much believe in the role of government. As I look at my own life, my own journey, my own path, and the fact that working with and through the government allowed me a path to citizenship and, and, and all of the wonderful things that have come from, from that, I very personally believe that that government's job is to serve the public and to serve the people and that it is extremely difficult. It's, it's a very hard role to have, but it is also the most rewarding. And so I get I find a lot of joy in working in government. The ability to do and say things or to implement initiatives that have a, an impact on people's lives for the better is is really is really incredible and it 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 truly is an honor and a privilege. So uh, so I think those are, those are those are sort of my three my three buckets. But I, you know, no two days are the same. I, I often have a mantra on my whiteboard: one day at a time, one problem at a time, because it never sleeps. Right? There's always something. Um, but I love it. I do love it. Well, that leads me right into asking you: Can you kind of give us a few keys to success for advice you can give to others? Sure. I think it's very important to understand who you are as a person and what your values are. And, and I find it very important to live, live through those values and in, in everything that I do, right? That those are, those are things that are my North Star. I, I try to wake up every day with my integrity and I bring that into every interaction. I try to treat people with kindness and respect always. Fundamentally, and I, um, oh my goodness, my, my high school motto was, um, uh, this Latin phrase, fac omnia bene, and that has always been a phrase that I keep in the back of my mind. And it simply means do all things well. Just try to do the right thing. Try to be a good person in everything that you do. And, and it's, you know, most things flow naturally from there. Um, I think that, you know, particularly when you are a young person, do not be afraid of working hard. There are no shortcuts to working hard, right? <laughs> you got to be able to put in the work. You've, you have to always remember that you are never at a point where you can't learn something and constantly be willing to learn something. I will be the first person to say that I don't know about a particular topic and I'm always willing to be educated by someone who has something to share. It's something that I actually really love about the way that the mayor leads, right? Like he will, he will say, you know, I don't know anything about this, would love to have a briefing, would love to sit down and understand what the issue is. And listening is also particularly important. I, I, I have said in, in previous conversations that sometimes that I don't know that lawyers are the best listeners. They should be, but oftentimes they're not. But really sitting down and listening to what people are saying, the actual words, as well as all the things that are behind what they're saying, to understand their why sometimes I think helps to get people to the table and to work through difficult issues in an, in an easier way. And so I've, I've tried to follow my instincts in, in, in those ways all lessons that I've learned through either my mother or through different roles and responsibilities that I've had. But I feel pretty confident and, and comfortable with, with who I am at this point, because I think fundamentally, I just, I just try to do the right thing and treat people well. Well, I think that's a great piece of advice, you know, treating people well. I think there's something about 
what you give, you get. Yes, and absolutely. Something that's come back to you when we are so delighted to have a woman in the next door to the mayor and so glad that you are in that seat now we've been talking with camille joseph valar camille i wish you the greatest success in your journey thank you so much the trajectory you've been on i can only see success in your future congratulations thank you i really appreciate it. it was great chatting with you today thank you so this is victoria schnepp saying till next time bye now 